What's up, y'all? Welcome to Two Brothers and the Shot of Milk. Yes, you heard it. Two Brothers and a Shot of Milk. Chris did not do his homework. He did not read Batman 89 issue two. And just like last time, Jack, what do we do? Gotta say goodbye, St. Victor, Mr. Christopher. Say goodbye, Mr. St. Victor. So until he reads that, he is out. We are talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, action figures, anime, cartoons, and more. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pierce. We got Richard Wilson. Gentlemen, what's going on? How was your week? What you been up to? <laughs> Yo, I got to edit myself from singing that song. Every time you say what's going on, it just hits me. Can't contain myself. Um, man, I've had a one hell of a busy week in addition to working, but I figure if you can't prioritize life, life's not gonna prioritize you. So prioritizing mm. myself here. So I saw the James Bond movie, the exciting yeah. epic finale. How was it? Well, listen, if you've seen the other ones, you gotta you gotta finish it. You gotta finish it because you know what, Lawrence? What? The couple kinds of people in this world. Some that finish stuff and some that are like, I'm good. And in this case, I had to finish it. So if you watch the other ones, you got to finish it. I saw The Harder They Fall, which is uh, the the Western on Netflix just came out this week. It's good content, y'all. It, it's just good content. And I was laughing at things <laughs> I wouldn't expect myself to be laughing at. Um, so... I think it's 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 definitely content that's worth supporting if we want to see more content like it. So, and yeah. it's just a, it's just a fun film. Do you guys see it yet? Not no. yet, man. Not yeah, not yet. What the hell are you waiting for? An invitation? Well, you're <laughs> invited. Go watch that movie. <laughs> Done. Done. I saw uh, I saw the Eternals this week, which I won't say anything about it. It just came out. It's the big one. I know a lot of people who are listening to this maybe haven't watched it yet, so I'm not going to ruin it. I'll say it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for, mm. but, mm. you know, it's the Eternals and it's a fun flick. So uh, it's worth a watch. I watched, uh, I watched me some the most, Wait, hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> that was like the most unreadable review ever. I, I can't even read you right now. I'm trying not to be, I'm trying not to be readable. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I'm enough. trying to, listen, I'm trying not to spoil it for nobody, but I'm also... There were th- here's what I'll say. There were things I loved about it. And there were, then there were things that were like, man, I was hoping you guys were going to really capitalize on what this is. You got to watch the film. The conflict in that film is massive and yet somehow has no relevance to the MCU. So without going into it, that's that's where I was at a deficit of content. I was hoping for some major ramifications for what this film meant to the MCU, and it just had very little. Mm. And and for as big as these characters are, for what these characters represent in the grand scheme of things, my God, dude. Um, But there's some fun stuff. Watch me some Baki, based on my boy Rich's suggestion. Fun. I I will say... I knew it was going to be explosive. I did not know that people was going to have muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. I mean, some of these muscles mm-hmm. and places. You got you got to have, <laughs> got to have the muscles on top of muscles, man. Like I mean, it has to be I, over the top and extreme. It was and it certainly was. I mean, some of these guys are so big that literally in the first episode, this dude kills a mammoth 
elephant with tusk the size of a three-story building with his bare hands. And that's how massive these dudes are. The other thing I watched was uh, Dave Chappelle's final Netflix special, The Closer. Mm. And guys, regardless of of how you feel about Dave Chappelle, some of the stuff, I I mean, the guy's just speaking truth. He's connected to some, I've never known a stand-up comic to have such a thoughtful approach to what he's talking about. Half the time it doesn't even feel like stand-up, and yet you're I'm, I'm just I'm in stitches. And the other half of the time it's so thought-provoking that I don't know, I feel like I feel like watching Dave Chappelle stand up is educational as much as it is um just straight entertainment. So it was good stuff. I'm sad that is probably going to be his last special for a while. And yet I completely understand why it is probably needs to be. Um, it's good stuff. In addition to absorbing all that content, I've been reading a lot. Jeez, this, Jack, you went in this week. I'm telling you, you man, high. it's been a busy, <laughs> it's been a busy week. And I've been working job after job after job. And I've been teaching and coach, man. It's, it's just been, but like I said, it's like Ferris Bueller says, man, life goes by pretty quick. And if you don't stop to smell the flowers, but I don't really remember what the rest of that quote is. Oh, because I was with you. Like, he remembers the whole thing. Listen, man, I'm smelling the flowers. I'm smelling the flowers. I've been taking bike rides. I've been eating some salads. I'm putting my pieces together. Trying to get my life in order. Trying to prioritize myself. I picked up this comic. It's called uh, House of Slaughter. It's from the creators of Something's Killing the Children. Oh. So this is a new, it's an offshoot comic. Um, Same world. Pretty good content, man. And you read Something's Killing the Children, Lawrence. I didn't get to the first whole first volume yet, but I've started the first volume. Oh, you got to push it. You got you to gotta get through that thing. It's, it's good uh, stuff. And then I picked up this Thor comic because, listen, y'all, I love Frog Thor. And here we got some Frog Thor on the cover looking massive. Mm-hmm. I want to see... Frog, Thor, and Spider Pig go at it. Yeah, I'm about to say that you love <laughs> heroes that are animals, animal counterparts. And listen, I can't lie. A, a little frog with a massive hammer. How could I not endorse that? And the last thing I started this week is if you guys remember, I was reading East of West, yeah. Volume One. My boy <laughs> at the shop, West. Let me borrow his volume two he just picked up. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Volume one, like I said, it's uh, it's based off of the four horsemen of the apocalypse and death kind of splits off. He's doing his own thing, which rattles the cages of his other three counterpoints and creates a lot of drama for the family. And boys, there's a lot of drama by the end of uh, volume one. So I'm hoping volume two is not a disappointment. And that's my week. That's his week. Rich, what's up with you, man? Big Mouth came out season okay, yeah. five. Yes. Yeah. So I finished I finished it through that. I burned through that pretty much at work and at, at home. Um, good stuff. I mean, it's, it's Big Mouth. It got at some point it was like you got a little old and it kind of picked back up a little bit. But I'm um, still a good watch. Uh what else? What else? Well, oh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the Goldwind saga, Goldwind. Yeah, Golden Wind Saga. Um, I don't know if anybody looks at uh, JoJo Bizarre Adventure, but as the name entails, it's it's pretty bizarre. It's some wild stuff. <laughs> but uh, this one is uh, taking me through a little adventure of the mafioso. They they, they were in different um, 
lands. Right now they're in Italy. So it looks like they're trying to do the whole mafioso thing and, and whatnot. I think last one we were in Japan. No, the first one they were kind of in Japan, America. They're all over the place with it. It's been out for a while, but right now you can watch it on Netflix and you know, you could watch it on your English dub. Oh, it will do. Will do. But uh yeah, it's, it gets weird. It gets weird, but it's still fun. Um, and also oh, I got back into Cowboy Bebop because you know the um the live action is coming out this month, I believe on the 19th. Mm. So, you know, I just started watching the, the the animated series again, you know, running through it and see, you know, where the where they might pick up in the in the in the live action. It's just probably need to review that one. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, were, were you a big Bebop fan before? Yeah. Yeah, I used to watch it on um, Adult Swim. Uh, that's what. That's why I really started watching it because they used to put it on Adult Swim a lot, and I was like, "This is pretty dope." But uh, yeah, that's pretty much been my week. What have you been doing, Lawrence? Man, I I, I caught up on Young Justice on HBO okay. Max. Um, I wasn't crazy about the first three episodes, but then I realized that they're doing like arcs. So the first three episode is like a Superboy. Miss Martian arc, and then it goes into the next arc. And this next arc is with um, Artemis, and it deals with the League of Shadows and all that stuff, and Vandal Savage. This joint is dope. This episode was, was really great. So I'm excited to see this arc play out. I bought more comic books, man. I got comic books I haven't finished, but still went to the store and bought more comic books as a problem, because I dig this Radiant Black. I talked about it a few episodes ago, and I jo- I got uh, the next uh, three issues of Radiant Black, and it's 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 good, man. It's like Power Rangers mixed with Invincible, and it's great because it's a world that's not established, being established for the first time, so they can do whatever they want with these characters, similar to to Invincible. Um, it's not as bloody, but but it's a great time. It's fun. I finally read my Superman 78 issue two that I've been mm-hmm. having on the bookshelf forever. It's good. I got issue three right here. I haven't opened it yet. It's like the perfect sequel to what you imagine the next, uh, like what Superman three should have been. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. It is. It's amazing so far. And it's, um, it's better than issue one. Well, issue one. Yeah. Issue one kind of just like brings you into the world and mm-hmm. I can't wait to open issue three. Whereas Batman 89 that's not the sequel to those movies. It's like another, it's his own thing, which is good, but it's his, it's his own thing. It doesn't feel like this is where Burton would have picked up. Whereas Superman feels like this is where Donner would have picked up if they had the budget, if they had the effects, if they had the ability. This makes sense. Um, but that's my week, man. Uh, I've been, and since you guys are bringing up, you know, stuff that is like Dave Chappelle and stuff, stuff that's like not what we cover, I binge watched you on Netflix. Wait, mm. season one? All of them. Whoa. <laughs> All three seasons. It, wow. it, season one is so good. You season one is so good. It's hard not to go into the next few seasons, but yeah. those next few seasons are not season one. No, no. Season two is a little wonky. Season three? Season three. Bro. Season yep. three. And it's one of them shows where it's like, I'm not supposed to like this. This isn't for me. <laughs> but I'm sitting here like... Would you watch it, Rich? I'm, yeah, I watched it. I'm on like episode four of season three. Okay, yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's fascinating. Yeah. Because watching this as, as a writer, as an as a, as a arc actor, I look like you're making me root for someone who is horrible. 
And at least with Dexter, you know he's killing bad people. So he, he has a built-in... This guy is awful. Yeah. And every now and then he meets someone that might be... They're not even worse than him. He just yeah. They're in his way. And the way he justifies why it's okay and and um pen um bad uh, uh badly is his voiceover like just hearing the nuance and the inflections and how he's able to communicate thought with just voice and then on set have to do that without that it's a master like he it's a masterful work yeah Dude. yeah it's uh it's really good anyone who hasn't watched you season one is definitely worth a watch um yeah. It's basically you're following you're following the story <laughs> from the point of view of a creeper who's spying on women who he wants to get with and then killing people that's in his way of getting what he wants. Yeah. But I mean, there's more view, to it. There's more to it, but I mean, he's a creep. But, but what's crazy about it is a big demographic of the people that watch this show are women. And I've heard interviews with women saying they love the show. Who've been stopped in real life? And I think because the show is so brilliant, it was a book first, is that every romantic comedy is a stalker thing. Like, if mm. you really pulled back mm. real life, you chasing her through the airport, yeah. stalker. <laughs> you, you knowing how she takes her coffee before you met her, stalker. No. <laughs> you following her through the library and then you're going to buy her favorite book. Shocker. Yeah, but it also it also touches on. I mean, we're way off topic here, though. Way but it also topic. touches on like modern technology and how technology itself has changed the game and how we interface with things. Everyone's doing Google searches of people before they even meet them now. It's, it's weird. Yeah. So, so like the line of creepiness, and he goes over the line so hard, it's not debatable. But there is a gray area where it's like, anyways, we're off topic here. Yeah, Watch we're off topic. You. <laughs> it's interesting. He has a secret identity in a way. So it's 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 adjacent thematically. There is some adjacentness to what we enjoy here as far as anyways. Rich, I got a question for you. What's that, Lawrence? <laughs> what happens if Silver Surfer links up with Iron Man? What happens if Silver Surfer links up with Iron Man? They become Alloys. <laughs> you know, like allies, but alloys. I get it. Alloys. Yeah, I get that kind of <laughs> that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, alloys. I was like cringing, waiting for it, and it was almost worse than I was expecting. But it wasn't <laughs> worse than last week's. Nothing it wasn't was worse than the week before last. The week before oh, last man. was pretty bad What's, too. But Let's redeem the segment by taking a right at the light, a left at the stop sign, and then we hit the collector's corner. It's show and tell time. We're at the collector's corner. We go into our toy chest. We go into our comic book shelf. We go into our video game case. We pull out something that's meaningful to us. It's sentimental or it can be worth billions of dollars. It's from our collection. Gentlemen, what do you got? I got a couple of pops there. These, these um started off my collection pretty much oh. um and it's part of a game that I, I like playing i really enjoy playing uh from destiny i got oryx boom he was the king he was, he was the big bad of, of, of destiny of, of the first destiny and pretty much was the ruler and you know he was the the, the first big bad you had to fight three eyes holding a sword has the wings that are kind of like a cape like a hornish helmet type of thing going on there 
And then I got Zur. If everyone knows that Fridays and pretty much up into, I believe, Sunday, this guy pops up random places throughout the game. And you find him and you can trade uh, materials and stuff like that to get special weapons, special equipment. And now with the new, with Destiny 2, you can uh, get you can get missions that will give you more materials to get you better equipment. But uh, this guy, he can pre- pretty much sit there. He has like a lot of good quotes. And don't know exactly what he is. He was put together by the Nine. The Nine is like a, a uh, kind of like a a shadow force, I want to say. You don't really know much about him unless you study the lore, but he pretty much comes out to help you fight the darkness, to supply you what you need to fight the darkness. He's pretty much a, a robed, hooded gentleman with tentacle tentacles coming out of his face, glowing eyes, and in his hand there, he's holding uh, coins. Zer got the goodies, which I just nice. think is so dope. This week, my show-and-tell item is a departure from Toys and Comics. It is my Highlander replica sword. This is Duncan's sword with the the dragon handle that he picks up back in the, uh, he goes to Japan in the 1700s and his boy gives him this sword. And it is a pretty sexy weapon to tell you the truth. For those of you who don't know, I also teach, I used to teach combat and I used to do a lot of, uh, uh, choreography for some uh, stage and, and film. So that's not exactly why I picked up this particular that sword, is not but why it's a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Jack, I'm going to have to change my intro. I'm going to say toy chest, bookshelf, video game case, and like armory. <laughs> well, well, if I dive into like some more stuff, I mean, I do have some like Pirates of the Caribbean weapons and some other like Lord of the Rings, obviously. Ooh, but save it, save it, save it, save it. Lord of the Rings. But I, but I probably won't get to that. But listen, I feel like um, Highlander is definitely in the vein of what we cover. So this mm. is part of my collection that I have loved for quite some time. Nice, nice, Jack. That's dope. I'm going to bring it back to the uh, toys. Yo, so like McFarlane's killing it and all, right? But before McFarlane was killing it, like DC Collectibles and DC Direct, they were holding us down. So I have a bunch of New 52 version action figures I want to show off. Uh, first is the New 52 um, Shazam. I mean, the, the articulation is not a McFarlane, so it has, doesn't have as much uh, articulation. I think there's only like probably six points of articulation. But the detail in that boy, bad boy is crazy. He's wearing his cape. He's wearing the hood to his cape. Um, it's just an amazing Shazam. And then, of course, if you have Shazam, you have to have New 52's version of uh, Black Adam. Gonna and say, this Black yeah. Adam's sick. He's, he's in all right. black. His cape is tattered up. He's, his face is just angry. And, I mean, it's a perfect companion piece to this figure right here so there they go the cape on shazam is like a, a two-step cape it's like the kind of the traditional short one with the combination long one right yeah, yeah it's layered yeah. it has a layer so it layers over like the hood piece almost falls down to his um triceps oh, and the rest yeah. of the cape but um yeah. but uh black adam has that too oh, okay curled up yeah you know, tattered so I, I mean, the new 52 designs specifically for Captain Shazam and Black Adam are amazing. And, and they, they kept a lot of that in the comic books. 
Then I got a, a new 52 Nightwing right here. Nice. They put him in red, which Ooh. I think is dope. Nightwing looks dope in red. Blue, of course, is his color, but it was a nice departure. He got the uh, sticks on his side. I mean, this has a little bit more articulation for this figure and just a dope Nightwing figure. Love it. And, and then, yo, this is like my favorite designed Batman figure. Now, this is the new 52 Batman, which is modeled after Jim Lee's Justice League. The mm-hmm. belt's not that pouchy. Gonna say it's not very pouchy. <laughs> it's not, man. But this is the first time, well, not really, but it's the 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 more significant time, I think, that we lost Batman's underwear in the suit made sense. Oh, yeah. They took it off of him like back in the 90s, I think. But um here it just really made sense. And then of course, now I have a problem with this costume, but <laughs> Jim Lee makes it work, which is the new 52 Superman yeah. costume. Everybody else made it look like an Iron Man suit, but Jim Lee found a way to make it look just great. And this figure is designed after Jim Lee. It's just a dope figure. Jack is holding his up. He has the unpainted version of it. Um, It's just dope. And we lost the underwear, and they put the black S on the back of his cape right here. These are just sick figures, man. Um, They're great. And McFarlane's killing it. But, like, got to show some love to DC Collectibles, DC Correct, because they were holding it down. Those are my collectibles. And I'll say this after I show this Superman cape. Whatever next installment of Superman, I dare you, Warner Brothers. I dare you, directors that follow, to put the S back on the back of that cape. How, how do they never They never do it, man? Never. No, we, have, I mean, we haven't had I, an S on the back of this cape since, like... How good that looks. Dude. Yeah. I want to say, with the exception of some of these standalone animated movies consistently i think lois and clark might have been the last time we consistently had a cape i s on the back of this cape yeah hmm. yeah it's you know what you know it creates uh i think it creates interesting problems for the people in in production with some of that detail i bought that in the 90s when they said that's why they took it out of the animated series in the early 2000s when they took it out of superman returns but in 2021 i don't buy that crap no more mm. our cpi is so sophisticated that you put actors' faces on the bodies of stunt doubles. Yo, it's crazy. You can put an S on the back of that cape. I was trying to explain that to someone. <laughs> they were like, uh, oh, wait, what well, was the Eternals? <laughs> Never mind. Wait, we'll don't say it. anything. They yeah, were like, Angelina Jolie's doing what? I'm like, you know that's a stunt double, right? <laughs> they just put her face. Man, but... Um, call it deep fakes. I mean, there's a whole Tom Cruise thing with a deep fake guy who just does random stuff. It looks so we like can't Tom put Cruise. an S on that cape, Jack? Yeah, you're right. They can put an S on it. They being lazy. lazy. Stop being lazy. Put an S on the back of that cape. Yo, before before we get out of show and tell, can we uh, can we talk about Rich's shirt today? Rich, oh. what you got on, man? Rich's fashion man. corner, what you got? Just something light. Just rig and morty. Flying around in the spaceship with a little, little portal ooze coming out the bottom. Say, what is that? That is sick. I feel like that shirt wants to glow in the dark, does it? it I feel like it does, but I, I, I haven't seen it yet. Hung it up in my closet. It doesn't glow. It should, it should, though. It looks like it should. Before we move on, though, I got to say that Jack is breaking all the freaking rules right now. 
He got a Superman shirt on yeah, yeah, with dude. an Avengers zip up over it. I don't know. Can what you imagine if here. Superman were an Avenger? All right. Why would that. he need to be on the Avengers? That's Probably. a good looking S, too. Look at that S. That's a dope that's shirt, good. Jack. Jack, that's a good looking S. I, I, well, hey, hey, hey. Thank you. Thank you. I know what it is. Show me your S. <laughs> and and Yo. might I say that's a good looking S on you, too, brother? <laughs> now, this does glow in the dark. The yellow oh, really? glows in the dark. It does. Wow. It definitely does. But yo, st- let's stop being all polite and all chummy, man. We got a freaking debate. Ooh, let's get ready to rumble. There is so many superhero movies coming out, and there's so many wonderful actors being cast in them that we are running into the problem of finding actors who'll be great at playing other superheroes or other villains. So I want to ask you guys, what actors who are already playing a hero or a villain would be perfect for another one if they made that movie, such as Jason Momoa would be a dope Lobo, or freaking Tom Hardy arguably would be an excellent Wolverine. So I'm going to snatch that low-hanging fruit right off the tree. Now, I'll say this. I think it's BS, this idea that you got to keep casting the same people as all these different characters. I mean, like, I honestly got it. How many freaking superheroes is Ryan Reynolds going to play? He can play them all. Okay. For real, though. Don't you dare. He can play play them all. All right. Okay. How about Ryan Reynolds as Wonder Woman? (laughs) I would see. I could see it. I could see it happen. Can't see it, but I would see it. (laughs) But I can't see it. here's, here's Here's my pick. Here's my pick. I would like to see um, my boy Idris Elba, who plays a superhero. Ooh, ooh, Rich is getting mad. Hey, listen, you can still use it. You can use Idris. You know, Rich is going to choose either Ryan Reynolds or Idris Let's Elba. See. Let's see what he happens. Still, going, he, going, I guarantee you he ain't going to put him in this role, though. And Let's listen, we're putting the same guy in 20 different things anyway, so what's the difference? Let's give him more work. I would cast him as Agent Graves. In a hundred bullets. Okay, I don't you know, know who that bullets? is. But okay, hundred bullets is dope comic where basically you got this um, Agent Graves, this older cat, gravitas for days, um, and he's walking around with a suitcase with a hundred nondescript bullets, untraceable, and he gives you the opportunity to basically kill anyone who's ever done anything to you. And it's completely untraceable. Jag, you cheated. How? You cast somebody as a character that none of us know enough about to say whether it works or not. Well, then here's here's your takeaway, gentlemen. Here's your takeaway. A hundred bullets is a phenomenal graphic novel. And if you don't know it, read that graphic novel. Put it on your list. Lawrence, you live in the city I live in, so I'll let you borrow mine. You already bought me some for my birthday. You bought me like four volumes, like back in 2011 or 10. Of what? 100 bullets? Yeah. I got and, you like still, four. and you still don't know who he is? I wow. know who he is. Oh. But that's like me saying, I like to cast Adam Driver as Radiant Black. That's easy. So no, but Adam Driver is. doesn't play a superhero in any DC, Marvel, or. Oh, uh, Star Wars is adjacent. Oh, uh, that's not my pick. That's not my pick. That's not my pick. That's not my pick. I'm just talking trash. 
Good job, Jack. I guess. Rich, what do you got? Anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you like this content, which I assume you got to if you listen to this trash, go read that graphic novel. <laughs> it's dope. Go read, go read it. It's dope. Rich, what you got? Where, where are you? Who are you casting Idris Elba at? I mean, listen. You go ahead and say John Stewart. This low-hanging fruit. What'd you say? I was thinking you, are you casting him as John Stewart? You son of a bitch. You know Man, I was. Your, your fruit is hanging low like a nun. Listen, I picked, I picked him as John Stewart. Dude. I also picked Mike Coulter. I, I, I feel like he could play a good bishop. Okay. Throw some dreads on. Or maybe just a wig. I, I just want to see Idris Elba be Bush bishop. I mean, he could play bishop too, but you know, I'm I'm trying to do some diversity here. But um, I was right. I, I was trying to put uh, Michael Jai White in something because you know he's spawned. So I, I, I wasn't sure where I would put Michael Jai White because I don't I'm not sure if he has the stature because I know he's he's built, but he's kind of short. In my head, Michael Jai White was like always War Machine. Like yes. when I see the comic books, huh? that yes. was like how War Machine hmm. looks in the comics. Who would be that, yeah. an appropriate spawn? Who could we move over? Hmm. Don't say well, Jamie Foxx is about to play him. Oh, really? I think I think it's in development. But uh, for spawn, Michael Jai White was kind of the perfect spawn. He was good. Wesley Snipes in the '90s is the perfect spawn. Uh, so who's so who's that? <laughs> Michael B. Jordan would be cast as spawn. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Let's and get to my pick. You love it, Jack. You love it, Jack. Uh, my, my, my I love me some Michael B. I cast him in every film possible if I if <laughs> if I were in charge. So Lawrence, what's your pick? I cast John Bernthal as Wolverine. Mm. I think he's pretty perfect for it. Comic book version, which is he's a leading Hugh Jackman's. Wolverine. So I'm not taking nothing against Hugh. Mm-hmm. But Hugh Jackman was the leading man, square jawed 6'2 version, not the kind of gruff. And, you know, Hugh Jackman, like, if you were to see him without the, he, he's more of a Cyclops type. If you were to just, like, hold, I had an open call. Whereas <laughs> Wolverine is stocky. He's, he's hunt, stocky. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying John Bernthal is that stocky, but he, he's not the classic leading man. Yeah, you know. there's some dirty and disheveled and, and mm-hmm. off about Wolverine in the comics, you yeah. know. And, yeah. and you you consider the the animal he's based off of. He's not he's yeah. not wolf. He's he's not. There's not this prestigious quality about a Wolverine. There's this scrappy, visceral. I mean, he's short and stocky in the comics, y'all. Yeah, he's very yeah. short and stocky. He's not necessarily the guy you're going to bring home all the time, depending on what you're yeah. into. You know, he's no oh, yeah, yeah, Bernthal. And Bernthal's a beast, man. He's yeah, a he beast. Is. And I think I think he bridges the gap of he's still leading man. You know, he's still the guy that you can make number one in your movie. But he also has that unconventional, crazy, strong, violent passionate part of his and nothing against Hugh Jackman's performance but I think Bernthal would be an amazing Wolverine from the comics I like it you know I like it I like John Bernthal I I like John Bernthal as a choice just about anything though but Wolverine that's interesting and I feel like if they cast someone like Bernthal in Wolverine you're gonna get something closer more akin to like if you're casting um 
uh, Tom Hardy. You're going to get this raw, yeah. emotional, which isn't this, didn't take away anything Hugh Jackman's got, but Hugh Jackman has a certain refined movie star. Yeah, he's a movie he's star. A- even, even in his rawness, there's a refined quality to him. What happens when you strip all that away, dirty it up? Yeah. I want a purchase and- actor. <laughs> so that's my pick, that. guys. That's my pick. Nice. I think I think it's time for the news. Wait, 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 wait. I got I got some fun facts. I don't know if we talked Ooh. about this yet, though. It's time but, for um, some fun facts. <laughs> when Hugh Jackman auditioned for Wolverine, he went into the audition growling and howling because he thought Wolverine was wolf. <laughs> so they were looking at him like, what was that? Like, what are you doing? Wolverine. Yeah, like Wolverine. Like, no, Wolverine is a totally different animal. So he had to read. He still got the part, as we all know. But and I find he's that not funny. Really, like, an animal. Yeah, he walks through just growling, <laughs> howling, acting like a wolf. But you, just, you know everyone just confused. Like, what is happening? Rich, you know what's funny about that fun fact? On your fun fact is like he didn't. He wasn't the original. He didn't get the part. It went to I forget the actor's name. The whoever the, the bad oh, guy yeah. in Mission Impossible Two, yeah, yeah, got yeah. the part, but apparently Tom Cruise wouldn't let him go shoot it because because there was a conflict with Mission Impossible Two. Mission Impossible Two was like nah, so he lost out on that role, and then <sighs> Hugh Jackman was the other choice. Well, Hugh Jackman was the second choice because he walked into the audition room growling and howling. Maybe like, if he didn't growl and howl, he would have got it straight up. Who knows? But, but you know, these Mission Impossible right movies have a, a track record with messing with uh, these superhero no, movies. No, it's if you sign the dotted line, we ain't letting you out. Oh, is that <laughs> what it, the, yeah. that's what uh, a million dollar mustache got to do with it? Listen, <laughs> you ain't shaving that mustache. You signed on the dotted line. Y'all better go figure this out. For those then, of you who don't know what we're talking about, Superman, if you watch that movie in the Justice League, he's got a CGI removed mustache. Yeah. And the sad part is, Jack, going and watching the Snyder Cut of Justice League and seeing all the footage they had of him, they, where it was fine. Why they need to do it in the first place? <laughs> like, what was the point? And it wasn't like the stuff with no facial hair. And Snyder's version, like, was the antithesis of what Josh Sweden shot. <laughs> it wasn't. Just some different shots. <laughs> Just different camera angles. Just a little waste of freaking time. And oh, money. And no. money. Oh, but also, but one the more internet time. had a field day with it. Of course. Hey, internet's going to always have a field day. Internet's always going to win. But it remains undefeated. Guys. Wait, Let's wait, wait, one more, one more, oh, one more oh, thing, one more me. thing, one more thing, one more thing. John Bernthal, you know, he's married to a uh, Kurt Angle's um niece. Well, you know, I, I'm a wrestling fan. You know, I did. But yes, you know, John yeah. Bernthal is married to Kurt Angle's niece. The problem and is, I feel, I feel sad for the kids because they can never get to see their uncle. Nah, I'm the only one. You're a wrestling fan. You don't know Kurt Angle. You know what? Rich, this is John Cena. John Cena says you can't see me. That's not Kurt Angle. Oh, I messed up. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. Like what? Kurt Angle's the Olympic gold. I'm medalist. looking at the wrong yeah. uh, He's trying to get a funny joke in and that I was backfired. Trying. I was trying. trying. Cut that out. I know we're not. That's nope. definitely saying. Matter of fact, that's gonna make a clip. That's gonna make a clip. Can we get to the news? 
it's really time for the news. We got some movie trailers to go over, man. And let's rapid fire this so we can get to why we're here. But, yo, that Cowboy Bebop trailer, we got the full trailer to that joint. And yeah, it looks good. It yeah. looks good. And oh, yeah. I've never seen the anime before. But seeing the trailer, I'm like, if they're able to keep every episode consistent, like those shots in the trailer, mm. this joint's gonna be sick. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking, one, oh my god, the budget they gotta have, or and then I was thinking, <clears throat> my god, is graphics for television shows that good nowadays? And then what I was really thinking was, I am so excited. And fearful that they're making a live action of One Piece, which is one of my favorite animes. But seeing what they're doing with Cowboy Bebop, I was like, I got real hopeful. I was like, maybe, man, maybe they're going to pull this off. It looks good. It looks good. It looks good. There was some, I think there's some like beef on the internet talking about that the guy playing him, the main dude, is too old. Yeah, there's always going to be beef with everybody. But yeah, isn't that ageism? Yo, man, I'm offended. Mm-hmm. Are you? <laughs> Not really, but I could be. I could be offended this, for him. I'm like, this guy looks great. There's a scene, there's, there's a shot with him, no shirt on. He's ripped to shreds. From what I understand, the main character, Rich, he is supposed to be like world weary, like travel, like he's seen stuff. Yeah, so yeah. the weight of this actor is going to work. So I'm like, yeah. guys, we had a Cowboy Bebop live action on Netflix, and they put all the money into it, and, and it looks incredible. And we haven't got it. It looks real. And we and we haven't seen it yet, so it's like, why we can we ain't see it yet? And this dude's an amazing actor. He's been around. He deserves this. Like he's he's one of them Asian American actors that have like pushed doors open along with so many. So I'm happy this dude gets to finally rock out in a vehicle like this. Yeah. Come on, man. Good stuff. People need something to be angry about, though. Angry. Let's talk about something to make us angry about some Masters of the Universe (laughs) Revelation (laughs) trailer part two drops. My question goes back to this, though. Why are we watching it all? Man, they put the whole series in these trailers. Don't get bamboozled, man. We thought that was the first one, and then they freaking hoodwinked us in that series. They did. (laughs) No, we didn't. No, we didn't, because the first trailer, and we even talked about it, we said... Notice the costume of of the girl and how it changed and how Prince Adam's not He-Man most of the time. He's Prince Adam, and then her costume and her hair hair changed. We had picked the whole series apart just based off of the information that was accidentally dropped. But here's here's what I'm worried about. Similar to the first trailer, but maybe they got more crafty. They know why we're mad. So this trailer can still be mad deceiving. I think it looks dope, man. And... I'm going to go in with no expectations now because why have them? Because they're going to do whatever they want. But one thing I thought was amazing, and I saw fans get mad about this, is how Adam was able to call on the power without the sword. Yeah. Like he has a spark, and he's saying the sword's a conduit. And I saw some fans saying, that's stupid. And I'm like, but how do you think Cringer becomes Battle Cat? Like the sword funneled the power. Like Shira has a power sword, and it, it's a conduit from Grayskull. So the mm. sword kind of is, it's not out of continuity. And then like oh, without no. the sword. It felt cheap to me. If one, it felt cheap to me in the trailer. It's like, ah, uh, we, we went too far with the other one. We've annexed our fans and we need to. No. This was already made though, Jack. It was already made. So, now, so, so, 
so I mean we're sitting there breaking it down like it's out already, but the sword is <laughs> not it's not just a conduit, but it's also like kind of like refinement type of thing because when he got the power, it was like I'm assuming the way, way he popped out with the kind of what was like uh savage savage he man. Yeah. How does it make sense that it, if the if the sword was just a conduit, but you always needed the spark, that is disproven by the fact that Skeletor was able to call the power down himself. He's no, the spark because, too. No, the sword acts as a conduit. So Battle Cat is able. Cringer turns into Battle Cat because the power goes to the sword and it hits Battle Cat. So I think the same way Skeletor is able to turn, he was able to use the sword as a conduit and funnel the power from Grayskull. But Adam actually doesn't need the sword. If anything, Adam needs the sword to maybe funnel, like I think, Rich, what you were saying, funnel the power evenly. Because now mm-hmm. Adam called on the power, and now he's like He-Man in its fullest form as a savage. Like, like there's probably no Adam, like Hulk. Like, there's no Adam. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just raw yes. power where the sword distributed evenly. Well, let's hope that there's some repercussions then from calling down the power without a conduit that's going to safeguard the flow of the energy. But if there's not, and I've got a feeling, my friend, (laughs) that there's actually not, you're filling in some stuff that doesn't exist, and I call BS when we see this thing. And I guess we're going to have to watch it. Oh, we're going to watch it, Jack, and we're probably going to cover it, too, so you better just buckle up and sit down. (laughs) Yo, Boba Fett. House of Boba Fett dropped their trailer, guys. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. Talk to oh, yeah. me. Yeah. Let's, Yo, I'm, I got to tell you, my friend's been working these, uh, the, the Boba Fett series. You got some extra mm. scoop? What's happening? No, no. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm trying to lose my job don't and their get job, your too. Friend fired. This is Jack's Disney, y'all. Stuff. You don't mess I'm with sorry. Disney. Don't mess with don't Disney. Don't mess with the mouse. They'll squid game you, man. You just wake up one day with a jumpsuit <laughs> on. <laughs> Oh, dude, like, I'm not the biggest Star Wars head, but I appreciate it. But I loved freaking The Mandalorian. So watching this trailer, I was like, I can't wait for this. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't the biggest Star Wars fan, like, when it first, well, obviously, I wasn't because I wasn't born. But, you know, I wasn't, as growing up, I wasn't that big of a fan. I really got to appreciate it in my earlier adult years. So. Mm got into the lore and everything like that but yeah this thing is looking real good it's good real good and i'm i'm ahsoka hopefully is going to be coming like you know sometime next year with um rosario dawson she's reprising yeah. the role doing a series and we got freaking um an obi-wan kenobi one coming out i mean mm-hmm. we got some really cool star wars offshoots that are that are outside of the skywalker saga and i think that's what's so interesting about it uh, we got a Stranger Things season four trailer, Ooh. which is very interesting. Very interesting because the teaser kind of gave us like this haunted house thing, but the trailer's giving us like machine guns and explosions and some some government type stuff. So we, it's gonna be a loaded freaking season. Or do they just have no idea what to do this time around? So they're throwing every color they got on the canvas to see what sticks. Being an Aquaman movie, this thing. <laughs> hey, I ain't ju- you know judgment here. I just. <laughs> hey, I ain't mad at it. What, what 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 interested me the most was like seeing Eleven in school in the beginning, and she's being bullied, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. she still doesn't have her powers because you know she had her powers. Yeah, but like, like at least the spitballs would fly back at them or something. 
But um, I'm curious to see how that all works out. And some other news, guys. Man, here's some other freaking news. So I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Vin Diesel and The Rock have had like beef for like five years, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, It started with The Rock brought to life for the first time with an Instagram post talking about how much he loves working with the ladies of Fast and Furious, the crew, and some of the actors. But some of the rest of them are some pretty much candy asses who won't do anything about it. And everyone speculated, who are you talking about? Tyrese is like, not me. Ludacris is like, not me. (laughs) (laughs) And we pretty much finally talking about Vin Diesel. But they kind of like really butted heads. Some stories saying that The Rock showed up late and he was being a diva. And other sources saying, no, Vin Diesel was showing up late and he was being a diva. And they pretty much tried to hash it out. But you got two alpha dudes hashing it out and it didn't work too well. Mm. Fast forward. This uh, Fast and Furious movie just came out. Vin Diesel did an uh, interview basically saying, like, I show Rock a bit of tough love because he was pretty much green when he showed up on set. And as a producer, I had he wasn't ready. I had to kind of get him ready. So basically saying that about The Rock as an actor, The Rock doing stuff for Jungle Cruise heard about that. And he's like, that's rich. I think Emily Blunt was like, so Vin Diesel gave you acting lessons? <laughs> and they kind of like, little yeah, like that. Whatever. I said all that to say The Rock from there basically said, I won't be part of any uh, fast movies. I'm not part of them, but those are my brothers and the series well. Vin Diesel, as of November 7th, put out an Instagram post saying, we're finishing up this movie with Fast 10. Little brother, we want you to come back. Come back. Join the family. Let's do this finale right. And it seemed like genuine. And then he says, because we can't see anybody else playing Hobbs but you. And I'm like, well, that's on the table? <laughs> Recasting him's on the table? So that was that, that. I mean, we're recording this November 7th for those listening. So this like stuff came out right before we started recording. So I don't know if The Rock responded or what, but this is going to be interesting. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, hmm. I mean, The Rock pretty much puts as much as he can with every movie that he does and everything that he does out on, you know, on his social media, Instagram, whatnot. And you see this man's worth ethic. Like, there's no way you're going to sit here and act like he's the problem. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's kind of sunning him a little bit when he called him little brother. I mean, I it's- oh, absolutely. I was, I was yeah, on that too. Something. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there's something about when a man says something and publicly or, or mm-hmm. any person, it's not going to be a man, but if the rock is saying, listen, I'm out and he's made that public for him to then go back and be in, I don't know. Is it, it what, what does that say about the content of his character at that point? I mean, what they're going to offer him so much money that of course, you know, no, know if, if he winds up going back, it'll be a burying the hatchet. It'll be, they'll spin it that way. If he goes back, it's like, yeah, but, my but, you put, but the goes. truth is right there. They're going to spin it some way for the public guy. But there's a no. there's a reality. If the Rock goes back, it'll be bearing the hatchet because the Rock does not need to do a Fast and the Furious ever again. Ever oh, again. So if he goes back, it will be because I love these guys and we put in our crap aside and we're gonna finish yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be a love story if he goes back because we know he don't need the money. But what a lesson if they made him made them recast or the, or just rescript. Oh, they, they can't. But the <laughs> fact that he brought it, it up. The fact that he brought up, we can't see anybody else playing this but you. It's like, mm. why would you say that? Mm-mm. That that can't be on the table. 
Like Universal obviously are not thinking about recasting The Rock. Exactly. <laughs> the biggest like, movie star on the planet. I mean, crazy. so, and then, you know, they, there was other stuff in the, in the news where, where Vin Diesel has said, like, I'm your big brother here. and You know that I've done more for you than people will ever know. Like, I'm the first, like, biracial movie star to open the doors. And The Rock is just like, listen, man, I got one big brother. And, like, by blood. And all this other stuff he's talking is like, I'm not taking sides here because I don't know the story. But it's like, you open it. Like, we, everybody in the business opens doors for somebody else. That don't mean you son. Like, yeah, but he's, son. Not, but he's not even speaking specifically. He's speaking about vicariously, you know? It's like. Because of my trajectory as an artist, I've opened doors for you that otherwise he basically exist. said that Fast Five wanted Tommy Lee Jones's hop. Like they want to go that direction. Great, but let me say and, this. And Vin ha, Diesel's but, but, fans pushed for the rock. So the so Vin is like saying the only reason we brought you in is because of me. Yeah, but so what? If the rock needed the Fast and the Furious movies for his career, you're tripping. You really no, no, you're, no you're wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to the stunning thing. Because Vin Diesel said it was my idea to bring you in Fast Five. Before Fast Five, the rock was not the rock. He was not the biggest movie star. He was just getting out of that Disney stuff. He was not what we know of him now. At that point, arguably, Vin Diesel was a way bigger star. Not even arguably. Vin Diesel was a way bigger star at that point than the rock was. And I think Vin Diesel might have been throwing around his weight a little bit. And The Rock is like, nah, <laughs> you don't respond well to that. Uh, you know what? You could be right, Lawrence. My friend, you could be right. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson owes everything he has in life. Okay. He's <laughs> the Vin Diesel. <laughs> He's you better Vin make Diesel peace. You, you better make it right. You better make it right. You know, you know, you know. So that's the news. Oh, that's <laughs> so the news. That's the news. There's some other news items, but I think we've been talking way too much. I think we need to get to the main topic. Can we get to why we're here? It's time for the main event. Guys, I'm sitting here watching Netflix, watching a prequel about a character I never asked for. <laughs> but we got it anyway. <laughs> we got it anyway. One of the funnier characters from Army of the Dead got his own prequel. We get to find out Sebastian's story as he gets recruited to rob not one, not two, but three vaults around the world. One in Paris, one in Italy, and one I around the world. Russia, around, around the world. <laughs> He is recruited Ocean's Eleven style, and pretty much he's a safe cracker. He's good at it because of reasons. We never know why he's good at it. He just really loves it, and he's been doing it since he was a kid. Yeah. In and fact, then he, plot holes in the film, since you brought it up, Ocean Eleven, they had 11 people, and they were all pretty vital. And this one, they have a team of five people, two of which play no real role. <laughs> I would say two of which played the only role, which is like him and the hacker. They kind of yeah. did it by themselves. That was it. <laughs> but um, so yeah, they go on this thing. He falls in love oh, with spoiler with, alert. With, spoiler alert. Falls in love with I think uh, um. Uh, and in case you didn't catch it because we haven't missed it, the movie we're talking about is it's Army of Thieves. <laughs> so basically, he goes around 
They they rob the safes. There's dissension within the crew. Freaking um Brad Cage, the muscle of the team, is pissed off because Sebastian is like after his girl, who's the leader of the team, and then they kind of have dissension, whatever, yada yada yada. They wind up robbing all the vaults, but not to steal the money, just to have prestige because they they always left millions of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah. they would bring two little gym bags, and I'm like, what was the point? So basically, she gets arrested. He goes on his way at the end. And then we get pretty much a clip, the uh, scenes from Army of the Dead catching us up, what, six years later or whatever. And we see Batista recruit him to join his team. He has way more swag now. He's not as nervous anymore. And Batista shows him the vault we're going to crack is the fourth vault in the series of vaults. Mm. And like he's cracked them all except this one. And then we pretty much are going. And I have to say within this movie, it's the beginning of the zombie apocalypse in Vegas. Yes. So it's on the news, but it's not a big part of their world. Or any part of it, really. Or any, well, I, you know, I have to say that I, I was almost taken back about that. But then I said, a virus affecting people, but not a part of my immediate world. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't care about it. <laughs> I mean, it happens here. Think about all the viruses that happen <laughs> off in some other country. Like, I like, mean, mm-hmm. really, I think about that. The coronavirus <laughs> is like, if it's not affecting my immediate world, but as I'm far as life, like, pretty much keep going. As far as like hoping the content may have uh, in any way, shape, or form enhanced or advised the other content that we saw or put us on footing for understanding the content that's going to precede it. And this whole bullshit that now there's a Snyder verse of the zombie apocalypse that's going to be coming content. We didn't ask for, but we're going to get the point of this movie. Other than the wait, 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 wait. I got to stop you there. The Snyder verse zombie. I will say people did ask for This is just not a zombie movie. It's not really a heist movie. It's like lighter versions of that, but we do have Planet of the Dead coming out, which here's, is a here's what the movie, Army of the Dead, and I do want that. Are they, here's what the, here's what the movie does share with Army of the Dead. Army of Thieves shares the same title graphics. Uh, okay, I'll say this: the issue with Army of Thieves is that it is connected to Army of the Dead. If this That's was true. just a fun heist movie, Italian job or whatever. The fact they, they tried like giving him like zombie like nightmares, it felt like yeah. that was just there to link it to the other movie. It didn't yes. feel organic. And 100%. And, and their world wasn't affected enough by the apocalypse for it to connect the movies. Nope. But it was affected in a way that these three vaults that are spread out all over the world that's not being affected by the zombie apocalypse because huh, FYI, only Las Vegas is. They wanted to move the vaults and change the vaults and do something with the vaults. And now is the time to do it because of the zombie stuff, but it's actually not affecting the rest of the world. And so I, and this is this is where I 100 percent agree. Remove the zombie from the film. Yo, man, it's enjoyable. The guy is fun. It's a it's exactly the kind of it's exactly what you're expecting. There's nothing that's going to jump out of you or it's not life-changing it's not altering but it's a fun film the acting's good the first 10 minutes of the movie i was sold i was buckle my seatbelt. i was ready to go wherever you want to take me i'm going and then the movie started like really started and i'm like man the f 
man, what the F? Because what, but what do the zombies have anything to do with it? Nothing except for the Rich. fact that somehow they needed to tie it together. I mean, do you agree with his, this man, Rich? It's his origin story. Like we're saying what this guy, his life was before he was sought out to crack the safe in in uh, in Vegas. And you know, he's that guy that was like obsessed with safe cracking. He mm-hmm. knew the extensive history of of safes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he's also intimidated. a superhero, right? He has superhuman abilities. I mean, something like that. He he has. He can hear through here. metal in a way where the guy who had the stethoscope thing couldn't. Listen, he I'm can just he be a superhero. He Come finally on. tuned his senses for this. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. You ever put your hand against the metal door to feel what's on the other side of it? Yes. All sometimes I feel that there's nothing but a bunch of bullshit over there, and I don't go through that door. <laughs> look my main issue with this movie is it wasn't and this is what chris would say it wasn't heisty enough yeah like without the zombies and it didn't have any like there's something about a heist movie that has to be smart and the first bank thing i thought was fun i'm like wow that's the first adventure and we know that each one is going to get harder and more challenging Mm -hmm. But then it just kind of got more repetitive or they resulted to like fist fighting. So they got like mm-hmm. less smart as the heist went on. And then it just got it wasn't as interesting. A thousand percent. I agree with that. And what was interesting about the first heist is we don't actually see it. I mean, we see it in a flashback, flash forward conceptual way. And then you cut to spoiler alert. They just the heist is over. It reminded yeah. me of that moment in Mission Impossible where, uh, spoiler if you haven't seen it, because I'm going to spoil this moment. Yeah. Tom Cruise is doing this stuff. He's up up in this building, tall-ass building, stealing this stuff, and they cut to this mundane scene with Simon Pegg in the car having this just kind of nice conversation about nothing related to anything that's going on. And then you cut to Tom Cruise blasting out the side of the building. <laughs> And you like you skipped all the action that happened in it. And that's kind of what did you use a better movie to explain this movie? Yes, because it worked better (laughs) than this movie did. (laughs) The point was the point was we didn't actually see what had actually happened. We cut to the aftermath, and that was interesting and that worked. But in the other two, the other two moments, they were they were kind of straight trash, especially the third one is trash. He's cracking a safe in the back of a car that this woman's driving down the most treacherous highway, most turns you'd ever put on a road in the middle of an environment that looks like maybe the roads are wet. Maybe there's snow about to come up and she's not driving like a truck driver should be driving that thing. This movie is also part Fast and the Furious, right? So it has a little bit of Fast and Furious where cars are going to do things that aren't logical. And then it's also like a watered down Italian job. My issue with it, I, I don't know if it would have made it a better movie, guys, but I think if the first heist as is, the way they did it, I thought was great. The second one, fine, you had to fight. Don't save the CGI inside the safe gear stuff for the last one. Like, fine, let us see how he sees it. Because when we saw it every time. Every time. Yeah. It was like it, it lost its effect. It wasn't Not only cool. did we see it every time, we saw it before he was even actually inducted into the crew. We saw him do it. Right. You know, so it's so, like that, that was a hat and a hat four times in a row. It could have been special. And, it, you know, it's easy to armchair direct. You know, they made the movie, spend all the money, and we can go, oh, you do that better. Ooh, but, armchair I mean, directors. 
Armchair Directors. We should directors. make a movie called Armchair Directors. Where we can have other people tell us how it could have been better after they see it. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. And I feel like, you know, maybe I drift, I, and maybe it's easy, I drift towards the things that perhaps bothered me about these films we talk about so often. So let me recalibrate myself. I liked that they shared the same title graphics. I liked the detail that on his YouTube page, he had no views for any of his content in the beginning of the film. It was a nice little touch. I laughed at it. I said, oh, oh, that's nice. I really enjoyed his performance. I enjoyed the chemistry between him and the girl who is just phenomenal in most of the things she's been in. She is. Oh, oh, I enjoy the story of the safes, the Valkyrie. I enjoyed the, <laughs> I guess that's the first 10 minutes of the movie. I really enjoyed the first 10 minutes. You enjoyed um, the setup. You didn't, you didn't like the execution, but you enjoyed the setup. Um, and that's yeah. a shame because I was really down for the cause. They had me, they had me at go. And then I did all the running. I felt like I was doing all the running for him. I was like, hey, don't leave me, guys. I, I, I want to enjoy this. I really Rich, do. I know, and I, I know we're going to talk about it. <laughs> do you feel like you did all the running, Rich? How was, I don't you think feel? I did all the running. I mean, there were some things like the CGI, yes. They could have saved it for the last save. That would have that made more sense to me. Um, I, I, I think the first, the first crack was the best one. And they kind of just fizzled at the... At the second and, and the third, I was just like, mm-hmm. eh? I mean, other than that, I, I, I still enjoyed it. Would you have but, enjoyed it? I enjoyed it too, but I enjoyed it because I watched it on Netflix. Right. Like, if you went to go see this prequel in the theaters. No, I'll be mad. You would have been mad walking out. I'd be mad, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you're spending 15 to 20 bucks to see this thing at the end of it going, not only did I lose 15 to 20 bucks and any concessions that I may or may not have purchased or snuck in i also lost all that time dude it's now here's some theories right because they're saying like a lot of people watching this it forces you to conspiracy theory army of the dead they talked about the time loop thing right so in this movie you hear like after you break the fourth safe the cycle starts over so there's a like a lot of maybe things or maybe nothing that people are taking it to mean like maybe this is part of the loop you know, and there was something in this movie where he was like, he had like kind of a deja vu moment. Like, maybe I've done this before. So maybe they're saying like, this is part the of the deja vu moment thing. was in the first movie. Here's where I would have, listen, here's where I would have been like totally down for the cause. He has a dream when he's in the car. He's a nightmare and he's opening the final safe and he closes himself in it like he does in Army of the Dead. And the driver goes, maybe it's a premonition. Oh, wait, am I confused? Is that not how Army of the yeah, Dead? No, he, he, no he, yeah. He locked, but, he yeah, locked well, in. He locked really in Omar. He didn't lock himself in. He locked right. in um, Omari Hardwick. Oh, you're right. But, and then he got eaten. So then what the F? But yeah, so he, you know, he dies. Or we, we don't know if he died in Army of the Dead. because We didn't see a body. We didn't see a bite. We just assumed he died. So a lot of the premonitions aren't exactly how it played out in Army of the Dead, in Army of Thieves, but it, it is a kind of a foreshadowy thing, which could be foreshadow or it could be like playing into this cycle theory that he's actually remembering. Yeah, but how cheap would it be if they uh, 
drop him into a pit of zombies where you know he's dead just for him to pop up a few episodes later because he wasn't actually killed. <coughs> Walking Dead who botched that one. But if it's but if 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 they continue to go through cycles, then he did die in that. Mm-hmm. And the loop restarted somewhere. And he yeah, kind of remembers. But this is exactly my point. The fact that this movie in no way, shape, or form informs or enhances the other content that it's so desperate to tether itself to is a, a shortcoming on its part of being a prequel in the first place. I mean I could have rocked with a prequel that was barely tethered if it followed like Batista's character. Okay. Sure. Or if they because just stopped, so... they, or just stop showing me all the zombie stuff. We're not watching the zombie movie. It's a different film. You know? And True let story. it let it let it be yeah. let it be what it is. It can still be a prequel with this character. And I mean, frankly, the 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 events of this preceding the zombie apocalypse altogether just would have been a better film. You know, maybe it ends with a zombie thing happening. Yeah, like it could have took place a year before the zombie sure. outbreak. And it would have been an easier transition as opposed to somehow having the necessity to say it's a zombie-related film, but it's it's really just not. But, but let me ask you guys, is it heisty enough to not have that in it? It, it could have been. It could have been, but it took itself so tongue in cheek, you know, with the creating the characters, with the characters basically all being buffoon archetypes. I mean, even the cop felt kind of oddly one dimensional. You know, I love the driver, though. The driver is my dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And his and his beard was was on point. That's a nice beard. beard. (laughs) The ending didn't make much sense. Yeah. The ending. Ending was uh, not not the very end, but like the when they got the third after they got the third uh, vote mm. and they I got was, uh, and they got arrested like, by Brad. Just, yeah, I was just like, what is what's happening right now? Well, um, like why did yeah, I wasn't I wasn't have an incentive to let him go for real instead of just shooting her. Well, it didn't make any sense. Well, it, and it didn't make any sense when the when the boyfriend came back. It's like literally they left because they. They felt it was too risky. So, and they double crossed and they, they took all the money from the first two safes, which mm. frankly was more money than they took from the third safe. So, the fact that they came back in the at all because they felt double crossed that they decided to go do the third safe, even though they made it clear that they didn't want any part of doing this third safe, made no you, damn you, sense. Like, it's like, how, how are you going to do it? Like, how are you going to? get the third safe when you don't even have a safe cracker anymore. You don't have a hacker. You don't have a safe cracker. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I felt like he just wanted revenge. But like you said, Jack Lynn, but y'all drove away when, you, yeah. when she first jumped out the truck. Y'all could have got your revenge then for her dancing on you. Right. It was revenge so, you wanted. So even if, even if Brad, because he's emotionally tethered to her in a stalker-esque kind of way, wanted to go back, why is the driver going back? No, they took took all the money from the first two jobs. All of it. And the the driver, because they've done heists before, he has to know that aligning myself with Brad is not the winning team. Yeah. So the mastermind and the hacker left, and you're staying with the muscle. Yeah, that's when the whole whole movie really, (laughs) the whole movie really took a, 
poor turn for me, spoiler alert, when they're running for the truck, the truck, is, the van is open the back, Brad helps the girl back in and then grabs the protagonist hero's hand and then drops him off the back of the, the truck. And then from that diverging point, you had the, the movie shifted. There's a turn in the movie, the energy and the characters. Honestly, I think we're better at that point. Losing Brad and the driver might've been a better call anyways, but mm-hmm. it just put the movie in this weird place where How now- How did he outrun the cops on a bicycle? On a bicycle. Doing the most hardcore parkour stuff on a bicycle that you know how hard it is to go down an incline of stairs that is that steep. Didn't he do it on like one wheel at one point? Yeah. And I mean, granted, they cut to his face being real reactionary and surprised that uh, surprising himself that he was even managing to pull it off. But yeah, what? What? Well, here's a theory, guys. Theory time. Since we're talking about a loop. He's done this before, and he's retained some of the skills from the last times he's done it. Okay, pause, pause, hold up, rewind, (laughs) crank, but except for none of that is actually in the film to support your theory. None of it. Loop theory. It's a theory, bro. Like, you don't need anything to support it. It's a theory. When the first movie came out, when the first movie came out, and they have one of the actors monologue that it's all a loop. They have opened the door for everything. Oh, except for and, and it's, it's making... cheap. It's it's cheap. Here's why but it's the cheap. fact that it was Here's there. Why it's cheap. It's cheap. It exists, it's though. cheap because the audience members are doing all the work and the writers are not. And the content creators are not. It feels like a, it feels like a Marvel series. It feels like a Marvel series. <laughs> Where we're doing all the work. Well, yeah, you're yeah. filling in all the plot holes for them. You're right. Not actually you're right. Doing it. You're right. But once that dude, Omari Hardwick, in part one, monologued about this being a time loop, it made it so now everything could be a time loop. Well, Justifications then, everywhere. And you know what? And honestly, it'd be incredible if if some version of that were going on, and the seeds for that were going on, or even even. The bare minimum, it was highlighted again. And the premonition conversation after he wakes up from the dream and the girl goes, maybe it's not a nightmare at all. Maybe you're having premonitions of the future or the past or what's going to happen because you're in a time loop. If that were going on, then maybe, maybe, Rich, maybe I'd say maybe, but that wasn't going on. So I call bullshit on that too. No, you can't. You can't because they talked about the time loop in part one. And that girl in part two had the same type of monologue. Okay, here's Devil's Advocate. Part one didn't even exist when the prequel came out because the prequel is a prequel, not a reversal. No, no, no. If the prequel might be a sequel because the prequel might be a loop after the one we just saw. Whoa. I didn't even occur to Yep, there it is. This is a sequel, baby, not a prequel. They, are spoken into ex- they manifested it into existence. So here it Thank is. you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. Because mm-hmm. in part one, when they were when they were around that map, there was dead bodies that had clothes that they were wearing. And when they got to the vault, there were other dead bodies that had on the same clothes, mm-hmm. showing us we've seen at least two loops in the first and, movie. And mm-hmm. it would have been dope if they were wearing that costume in the dream sequence. Now you're saying something, except for you're not saying anything. And that's why I didn't like it. Safe, safe, safe. So you, you think like they didn't have safe. that costume? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, safe, safe, safe. They had that costume <laughs> somewhere. 
If they wanted to tie the first film to the second film, then they could have, but they didn't. So if they had the, if he had a dream with them, with someone, a zombie wearing the costumes, the zombie them, then it would have made more sense to be to you. wearing the costume. He needed to wear his costume from the last scene of the first film in his dream sequence from the second film. Now he can, it may be a premonition. But it could be a loose premonition. Yeah. Where it's like, loose. it's not all exactly. For example, the girl who was Batista's right hand in Army of the Dead, she had a necklace that had three circles on it, on a key, three circles on the top of the key. The mm-hmm. next time we see another dead body of them near the vault, when Mario has that monologue, same key, but it has four circles. So it's mm-hmm. like things even within the loop have changed. So when we're seeing his little premonitions, that might be a loop that we haven't seen yet. Uh, the problem that might the, be the first loop. The, they wore different with, clothes in the first loop. Incredible. Here's the problem with our fan theories. <laughs> they're all just fan theories because they're not actually in the content. The same reverse argument with you about Loki. <laughs> Ooh, what we talk about Loki? Now we talk about oh. some content might be worth talking about. <laughs> well, Here we go. I I think we can wrap it up. I mean. It just is. It just is. There's nothing in it that is doing something that we haven't seen before. But if you love the the character of Sebastian, I forgot what his name ended up turning into in the next one. Ludwig. Ludwig. If you love, if you yeah. love that actor, and you should because he's freaking funny and he's great. He's, he's just yeah. he's great, and everybody else in this is great as well. And he directed it. And this movie is slick. Like, the script is paper thin, and the amount of production value they put on top of this to make you feel like you're watching, like, a Fast and the Furious movie, it's freaking slick. It looks great. Um, It's on Netflix. You have to watch it. If you've seen Army of the Dead, and you're about to go into the freaking prequel series and then the the sequel, you might as well just jump in. Yeah, it's nice. Rich, you might as well just jump yeah. in. Yeah, might as well. And I'll say this. If you're not committed to the whole film, watch the beginning, man. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It's Ocean's Eleven. I mean, she the, even the way she, like, picks him up and, like, does all, you know, it, it, it has, and I say that in a good way. It's a, It kind of plays on a lot of cool moments we've seen in other movies. And it, it's dope. It's dope in that way. And in other ways, it's lukewarm. But you already paying for Netflix, mm-hmm. so you might as well. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of films that if I could give back, I'd give them back. This one, I would keep. Oh, yo, okay. that is massive from Jack because Jack I, didn't like this movie, Rich. He did. <laughs> but I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the performances. Enjoy the performances, and I'll mostly. say that mostly it, it, it's fun. It's fun. It lets you. It lets you know what it is in the first ten minutes. Outside of yeah. the plot not landing it, but as far as the characters and the fun you'll have with these people, it kind of it, it comes through on that. And then, I mean, I was sad when she had to go, and he had them tears coming out his eyes. I'm like, except oh, for man. it didn't make no sense how it played out. I thought it would have been funnier if he was at the when he kept saying, "I can't, I can't, I can't go." At the end, so at the end, spoiler alert: at the end, the cop catches 
catches the girl and the guy as they're about to flee with all their money on a boat. And the, 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 the girl strikes up a bargain with the cop saying, listen, you don't want him anyways. You just want me. So take me and let him go. And for some weird reason, who knows why, the cop agrees to that instead of just waiting for backup and taking them all. Whatever. <laughs> That's reasons, <laughs> right? And so, but as it's playing out, our, our protagonist, our hero guy, goes, I can't. And she's like, get out of here. Go. And he goes, I can't. I can't. I can't. Anyways, I thought it would have been really funny if he goes, no, really, I can't. I don't know how to ride a boat. I don't know how to drive a boat. <laughs> Yeah, Which would have actually been in the content, would have been more in line with the content. I don't know how to drive a boat. No, I like, don't. How do I start I can't. I really I don't know how to drive a boat. But, but he's in there and he's like cranking the gears and it's like not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, talk about this opportunity. And the, and the cop and the girl still got their guns drawn, like looking at him, like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying. Wait, wait, it would have been hysterical. And then the cop walks over and goes, Listen, you need to this button, that button there, crank that. Okay, you're good to go. And I get out of here. That's going please. too far. That's going too far. It's you're not going too far because that was the content we were watching. The other characters didn't lean into the funny. He leaned into the funny. Be, yeah. I, I don't know if I can see the cop helping him start the boat. That might have gone. That might have gone too far. He could have. He could have at least gestured to the girl to help him start the boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would have been funny. But they yeah. wanted it to be heartbreaking, Jack. All right. I think we're done talking about this movie, man. I say, watch it. You have Netflix, but watch it like. Watch it like a movie you didn't realize was on Netflix and you found it just scrolling through. Oh, what's this? And then be confused why there are zombies in it at all. There you go. Rich, what say you? Your last thoughts I mean, about this joint? This, I will say the same. Just just go in and watch it with a, with a light heart. Don't really expect it to be too heavy onto, the, um, onto its sequel. Um, don't expect too much heisting. But, you know, expect a good time. It's a good time. You said don't expect zombies. Don't expect heisting. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, yeah, don't expect heist or zombies in a heist zombie film. Yeah. But what you can't expect is a lot of heart and a good freaking time. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a romantic comedy. I think that's that. Rich, do we have some recommendations? Recommendations. I know uh, Chris has... um. He usually takes care of recommendations, but since he's been banned to the Shadow Realm, um, I'm going to have to give some gaming recommendations. As of right now, on Game Pass, get yourself onto uh, Scarlet Nexus. It's a role-playing game. It's like a mashup of like different things. But anyway, you go in there, you're knocking them out. You're connected with your team. You're collecting different resources, upgrading your weapons. So far, I'm just in the like, first maybe hour of it. I'm having a good time with it. The, the, the gameplay, the, um, the controls. Um, you can go into a melee, throw in some kin- uh, kinetic energies where grab like a piece of wall, smash into the enemy, teleport to them, get in some hacking and slashing, back up. Your, your teammates have uh, powers as well, which you can then use, kind of like um, siphon from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can use that against your enemies as well. Um, Scarlet Nexus, great time so far. Rift Breaker. It is a base building game. I, the, I want to say it's kind of like Command and Conquer, but not so much where you have enemy, uh, you have your own units going out, but you pretty much just build a base, 
getting resources. You go on the planet, build a base, you get resources up. You're expanding your research, uh, building more technologies, building technologies to allow you to uh, survive in harsher conditions. And then you got, you know, just mobs coming at you, trying to, you know, obliterate you off of their home planet. Uh, it's kind of a colonizer thing, but it's still good. <laughs> and then I got into Minecraft. Yeah, I know. You're 40 years old. You don't play Minecraft. It's fun, but it takes up a lot of time. It, like hours of your time goes by before you realize, like, wait a minute, I need to go to sleep because I got work in two hours. But uh, yeah, Minecraft, uh, you could play it on pretty much every system at this point. But it's on Game Pass right now for free. For the free skis, not really because you're paying for you paying for Game Pass, but still. It's a good deal. <laughs> Minecraft, jump on that, get your friends, get them to jump on it. They're gonna love you for it. And uh yeah, that's my recommendations. Is is Minecraft nice. uh cross platforms? It is. So if it I is. were playing it on my PlayStation, we can still interact. Yeah, we can interact. And then if you if you're playing it on um so, so you say you start a world on PlayStation and you want to take it and play on like Switch or Xbox, you take your password and everything like that, swap over the world and boom, continue. That's what's wow. up. That's what's That's up. What's up. That's All what's right. Up. I might have to look into that because I think it was free on uh, the PlayStation network not too long, not too long ago, which means it might still be there. Yeah. Mm. I'm scared of the hours being lost, but I'm yeah, like, we're going to lose hours. Man, that's fun, though, man. Thanks, Rich, for those recommendations. Yo, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. We always have a great time talking about this stuff, man. I mean, talking about this stuff is sometimes more fun than even watching this stuff because watching this stuff, sometimes we watch it alone and we have no one to talk to. So if you're watching this stuff and you have no one to talk to, where are your friends you can geek out with? because we love this stuff. We're on Instagram, man. We're dropping stuff all day, every day. Check us out there. Make sure you like and subscribe and follow this, man. It helps out the algorithm. If you write a review for the show, too, just keep tuning in. We'll be back here, same bat time, same bat channel. Peace. Later.